0: but ugly wrestling uh, Royal Rumble Tinkles episode ooh, I love the Royal Rumble Tinkles episode hey, It's an episode of us The Brothers of Discussion We're going to talk the Wednesday Night Wars There's a shocker We're going to talk parody wrestlers They're back! My god, Gilbert Where's he been? Uh, Matt Undertaker calling the current roster soft uh, I hope he excluded Gilbert in that assessment Matt, we're going to talk Sting Wrestling again we're going to have our, ew, David, moment of the week. And, of course, Alexa Bliss living rent-free in our coconuts. Matt, another <laughs> hot, spicy week of professional wrestling. Uh, how many dreams of Alexa Bliss did you have this week? I I held it to ju- just the one right after Monday. Uh, it's as best I could do. Best I could turn in, boss. Uh, just one one hot dream. G- okay. For rookie I'm gonna, numbers. i and a pervert. Rookie uh, Need some more dreaming out there. All right. All right, so here's the detail. If you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel, we'll have the details in a video. Follow, I'm just kidding, that's not happening. Um, all right, so where, where do we go from here, Mike? Uh, follow us uh, at BOD Podcast on Twitter. Go to BOD Podcast.com and Brothers of Discussion.com to make sure you don't miss a thing. Uh, it's where we do some light blogging in regards to each episode so you can get a little more detail on what we're talking about here. But uh, for everything, follow us on the YouTube channel. We are just the brothers of discussion. That's the best way to find us. The easiest way to find us. Uh, so come along for the ride. All right, Mike, you ready? We have a lot to talk about today. So uh, no, uh, let's not waste a moment here, right? No preamble on this show. Yeah, I don't care how uh, you are. Go to hell. All right. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the biggest news here, Mike. Undertaker is on uh, Joe Rogan today, and here here's the quote. Um, he, I'm already on. out that he went on the Joe Rogan show instead of ours, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll probably piss a lot of people off, uh, but they need to hear it. All right, Mike, you are you like pro wrestling, but, but fuck you. You got to hear this. Uh, <laughs> it's what it is. But to the young guys, uh, oh, he's a bitter old guy. I'm not bitter. I did my time. I'm good. I walked away when I walked away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty and not enough substance. I think right now. Uh, He keeps going on with Joe saying it needs more edge. Of course, uh, just, you know, the the buzzwords are flying. There's no real solutions coming out of Undertaker's mouth. Just basically him dancing around the fact that, uh, you know, now they're just boys, but when I was around, men were men such a tired bullshit i'm so sick of it kind of attitude um you know what undertaker uh men were men but guess what uh we can be a little bit softer we can be a little bit smarter and uh fuck let's try and bring the uh how many pro wrestlers have have passed uh from his era just to kind of bring up the men were men uh, kind of bullshit yeah. that I was talking about. I um, know. I don't how, know. how many guys had drug issues? How many guys didn't have access uh, to the right psychological health? Uh Undertaker, I love you, man, uh, for what you did for pro wrestling. This was such a – this Mike, this fit perfectly for a Joe Rogan podcast, uh, by the way. Uh, the, a podcast I have yet to listen to, <laughs> but I'm fully aware of. Um, just, Uh, yeah, go for it. It's definitely a case of selective, uh, perception here. Uh, because it's a lot like looking back at the attitude era, uh, glowingly without noticing, you know, there was, uh, 60% of the guys didn't know how to wrestle. Um, you know, guys were walking in with duffel bags full of cocaine. Uh, there was guns and knives and, uh, violence and the boys being boys, they'd be, Driving car to car in a caravan, pantsing each other and mooning each other. Uh, I, I don't know if Undertaker is is bummed that you know he doesn't get to see Biggie mooning him out the side window. Uh, actually, I think we all are kind of bummed that we don't get to see Biggie mooning us. But um, <laughs> I I I just one of your uh, one of your go tos now is the chef's kiss, and of course. One of the, the guy with the G4 on his trunks, the G4 advertisement, uh, Austin Creed, uh, Xavier Woods came to our rescue and said, I wouldn't be the person reacting to Undertaker. I wouldn't be the person that I am without the guidance and lessons of a few key people from the previous generation of wrestling. They taught me about the business. save my money and then having video games in the locker room is healthier than having redacted. Thank you guys. So uh, we can <laughs> say it because, you know, we're not going to bump elbows with any of these guys like he is but uh yeah the duffel bags of cocaine pants at each other and guns and knives i, I don't think we're missing that much uh but i don't know if what edge we're talking about but I- I- if, he I think just means, if he just means more edge like fighting randy Orton, i do like yeah. Edge. maybe that's <laughs> what he meant yeah board with he's, just, he's just happy to see edge come back uh Seth, are hey, you a big YouTube fan? Does he want Bono and the Edge to play WrestleMania <laughs> this year? Uh, Seth, our, uh, our newest subscriber, we also talk all the time uh, on Twitter. Uh, I mean, he throws out uh, just to kind of put the cherry on top of our point uh, to The Undertaker. How many, how many guys have lost their brains to CTE? So it's just, I, I mean, again, that, that's just piling on top of The Undertaker. Like it's, uh, it's yeah. just this weird. Maybe the other yeah. thing too is Undertaker's referencing video games, and he still thinks we're playing, you know, uh, Pac-Man and Centipede. When you know, there's a lot of edge if you're playing, uh, you know, a little cyberpunk, a little Grand Theft Auto. Maybe we just got to get the old man to see what video games are like now. I think. Yeah, it's it's uh, something that everything always looks better when you when you look back because you you aren't you aren't gonna remember the boring things, right? I mean, yeah. this past Monday, I'm like nobody's jumping out of their pants to say oh my god what a monday night raw so let's call it a throwaway monday night raw on a throwaway monday night raw we got ricochet versus aj styles like i mean (laughs) like in regards to pro wrestling talent the best we've ever seen and a guy like the undertaker who we respect a ton really is wrong in this in this point like it's just wrestling can change. Uh and, and you know, maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just difference of opinion here, but I I think he's he's gotta I don't know, somebody's gotta slap him around because this isn't good for what the business is trying to do right now for all the steps it's trying to take to be better. Uh like we know that they're not perfect, but we know they we've at least seen the steps. If they're for PR or not, if that's where the steps are coming from, for public relations purposes. They're still taking the steps. So the last thing they need is an ambassador of pro wrestling, uh, and this goes for AEW, this goes for WWE, anything happening in Japan with like New Japan. These companies need these old farts to get on board and talk about how they did things wrong, and things yeah. can get better. It's st- Oh, All right. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you want to watch, you know, Ilya Dragunov and Walter be, you know, slap the crap out of each other. Uh, you know, Alexa Bliss, what she's doing on Monday Night Raw's, uh You know, Kevin Owens bumping himself into oblivion to get Roman Reigns over. It's it's just so many examples. There's too many to count. This is such a, a baseless, uh, you know, complaint. Uh, let's move on. I think it's All just here. kind of disappointing that we heard this from uh, yeah, last. Last thought, I mean, this is why, like, I if you guys want somebody to follow and listen to, it's Mick Foley. Mick Foley's the guy who says, what I did was stupid. I hope nobody ever does it again, because i probably cut 10, 15 years off my life. Yeah. Uh, follow Mick Foley. Listen to his words. Uh, Seth, thanks for uh, your first comment. Uh, we're, I'm happy to have you here. I know we, we chat all the time on, on Twitter, so good seeing you. Uh, all right, Mike, David Krumholtz uh let's throw this one in there uh finally personified drew McIntyre for uh this this past week on monday night raw i it's funny i watched that segment and i'm not one that uh i'm not searching um i guess on twitter to find if anybody can corroborate like where where my head's at so it, it was uh It was just me watching that, going, God, that looks just like David Crumholtz the whole time. I can't believe that's the dude from the Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, Bernard. Um, I I, I think that, so the reason I I threw this into the notes is maybe he's just, I mean, like the way you just put it. Oh my gosh, he's the guy from the Santa Claus. Maybe it's just because he's not that big of a celebrity. But I was going to say, this is the first time like a celebrity or an actor was used in like the right way on pro wrestling or not the right way. It's one of the many right ways to do it where he he came in, he goofed it up. He totally had fun. He was proud on Instagram when he threw out there. Hey, I was on Monday Night Raw. Um, I just I want to applaud at least the use of someone (laughs) that I'm a fan of. And uh, the, the right way to bring in celebrities to the WWE. Just like completely under the radar. Fighting yeah. Gilberg is one fun way to do it. And uh, ultimately, you know, it kind of feels like this. this wa- watching it over again, it looks like this is just something that's always been a dream of his. I don't know if we can confirm that. But you'd have to be a huge WWE fan to actually accept this. So I have to imagine this is crossing something off his bucket list. And I will throw out there, I know he's had some health issues, so I hope it's not like that connection. But um, yeah, I, just yeah. overall for me, I mean, this is a guy who was in Super that was in that room with Michael Sarah when he's uh, singing, you know, Your Eyes, <laughs> they have seen a lot of crime. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's one of the guys in there with Martin Starr and uh, a couple other famous uh, comedic actors. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, I mean, uh, freaks and geeks. He's in there. So, it's all. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a guy. Come on. All right. That's it. We're I like, like it. We're we're No, uh, you're not excited about it like I was. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fosterling is going. True Mac and Um. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of that too. Uh, Matt. This begs the question. Hot take. Do we have the graphic? It's okay if we don't. We can we still. Can. We could still pussyfoot around. Oh, my God. There it is, man. All right. One actor. You get to choose. You get to book them. You get to put them on one episode of Monday Night Raw. Who do you put on? You know who would do really good and, like, go a thousand percent into it? It's uh, Andy Richter. Can I use Andy Richter? <laughs> is that what I thought you were gonna say, "Is that, that lowballing?" Low it too much? <laughs> Defend this choice. Where do you get Andy Richter? What's what do you got? What are you booking for Andy? All right, Andy Richter would come out in you know whatever whatever he needed to. He'd come out in the old wrestling garb. He'd come out with a handlebar mustache if he needed him to. He'd come out with the one caveman strap and have it be like leopard print. Uh, But this would be a guy that, you know, he's not going to come out and beat anybody, but he's going to come out and have some fun. And I think he'd be he'd be a good tag tag partner to throw in there. He's got some girth. He can do something. Uh, But he's also going to go 100 percent into it. He's done so many goofy things uh, over his career, especially with Conan, uh, his own foray into television. And he he, I mean, he's uh, formerly a stand up, uh, uh, always been an improv artist. So this would be a guy who would even be able, to be able to go toe-to-toe in, in promos because he's probably going to make it funnier, <laughs> one of the funniest things we've seen and he'd be able to roll something off the top of his head. Um, so I, I'm I'm probably booking him in something with, like, uh, I, I don't know if you want to go heavy into, like, The Miz or if it makes more sense to do something with, with a character who's so serious he couldn't even have fun with the WrestleMania uh, announcement. But go with, like, Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman. And uh, I know it would get silly, it would get goofy, but uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan of that stuff, so I, I'd be all for it. I mean, I'm sitting here telling you guys I like the Mac and Fart Crumholtz thing, so <laughs> let's do the same thing with Andy Richter. All right, I got two for you. All right, number one, because uh, I think that if we had a teaser, Urkel! Yeah, <laughs> um, I think if we uh, heard that this person was going to be in it, and that's a uh, Dolph Lundgren versus Dolph Ziggler. I love it, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, with a level un- unhitherto undreamed of, Matt, uh, not since Pat McAfee, if we said Adam Driver was going to appear on an episode of Monday Night Raw, and then he was just bare chested, uh, just clotheslining Dolph Ziggler, somebody like that, I think it would be terrifying and he might break somebody's collarbone. But, Matt, my risky option. My risky that's your point. risky option you don't no. you don't want kylo ren coming in and tearing up you, you need him to get beat up you can't he's he's too strong man uh <laughs> now we need like you said we we're bringing in a celebrity to help out somebody who's just really in the doldrums right yeah. somebody who really needs a boost and who needs a boost uh more than mr lars sullivan All right, so bear with me. Nobody's rooting for Lars Sullivan right now, right? We know, haha, you were in porn, haha. But what if he was managed by his fake porn director, played by Steve Buscemi? He just comes out, takes a a draw of a really long French cigarette, and he just helps get this guy over. We double down, we admit he was in porn, and Buscemi is in as a director and producer of the Leviathan. Getting it on again. The new hit movie starring Lars Sullivan. Matt are you with me? Well, I mean, uh Seth just brought up a good one of Dolph Ziggler versus Dirk Diggler. Which uh the, the infamous the infamous tale of Dolph getting the text of what his name was gonna be on television, and that was what he first that's what he thought when he read it. He thought it said Dirk Diggler. And he was like, What are you guys doing? But of course, the Dirk Diggler uh tale is of another male porn star. So, Mike, I think Seth accidentally brought up a great opponent for Lars Sullivan. Here we go, man. come out and have him go up against <laughs> Lars. A <laughs> couple of male porn stars. Who knows what happens? Uh making an Iron Man match. 60 minutes. Uh, yeah, get some, uh, some, uh, some Big E's baby oil, too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all over this, man. <laughs> the only foreign objects available, baby oil, and holds only. So you have to oil your buddy up, and then somehow wrangle him down. And All, <laughs> all right. This is, getting, uh, this is getting into different, uh, wrong territory. <laughs> this is our other podcast. Uh, Beating out with the Black Boys. Here we go. That's right. Uh, so, <clears throat> all the good fun there. That was a fun segment. Uh, but, Mike, uh, WrestleMania is hoping that they're going to have some more fun this year uh, by letting people actually come to the show. Oh, boy. Woo! Matt? How uh, do you feel about that? Because I saw we have our uh, Facebook group, the live wrestling uh, discussion group on fa- uh, on Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook group on Facebook, ladies and I gentlemen. I think we need, a, um, uh, we need a group called On Facebook on Twitter. I think it would be really cool. Well, go ahead. Someone brought that up, and your response was a sad-faced emoji. <sighs> Mike, explain the sad-faced emoji. I don't know, man. It might be a little soon. Uh, the COVID numbers are not going down anytime soon. Uh, we're almost at half a million deaths uh, at the one-year anniversary. Um, maybe a better way to phrase that. There certainly is, uh, but that's 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 what's going on. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything's slowing down. We just have we have hockey, we have basketball, we have football we have uh, college sports, people bumping into each other and spreading it all over the place and uh, WWE's like easy peasy. We get live people in the WrestleMania. Sounds good to us. Um I think the only thing is uh for WrestleMania, I, I just uh, it's an easy no. It's a it's a hard easy no for me. Um but man, if you could go to the Royal Rumble in a bubble. Whew, I I would feel like a piece of crap, but you know, while I was there, counting down for the feed coming in at number 30, I don't know. I, I know, it. it is one thing. A, I, in the moment, I would feel really good, but before and after, I'd feel really, really, I'd probably feel really sick afterwards, to be honest. Right. Uh, and then if anybody's asking where you're going for the weekend, you're just hush-hush. Um, I mean, for two guys that try to go to the Royal Rumble every year. Absolutely. If we heard the Royal Rumble was going to have fans, we're way more excited. But for two guys that have looked at WrestleMania and said, oh, my God, that looks like a lot of effort. <laughs> I'm fine holding off until everybody's out. Um, well, Mike, here's, here's the thing everybody's glossing over. Last year, we got two nights of WrestleMania. The announcement said there could be fans for both nights of WrestleMania. Mike. This is that this is what I wanted last year. Two nights of WrestleMania for the rest of my life. I, I you're making that face. No, this is good. We talked about it last year. Wrestle Kingdom does it and they make it work. Last year we did it. I mean it was oh, like oh no. Yeah, I was like that? the two nights. I thought you were uh uh pounding on the fact that they're gonna have fans uh both nights. Oh no, yeah, that's bad. Okay two nights got- of WrestleMania, good um (laughs) split it up into two nights i like the idea of having uh you know double or two different huge main events on either night and uh the way that worked out last year i thought was a ton of fun and uh you they also shortened the show so it wasn't something where we had to get started at four o'clock in the afternoon and then finish off at sometime at like one in the morning Let's put them both up. Uh, Let's keep things, you know, let's keep it short. Like we have so far the whole year during, during COVID, you know, we don't, we don't need too many segments in the middle. Let's just go match after match. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I thought this was something that was glossed over and I thought it was huge news. And I, I still say much like wrestle kingdom. I think the WWE needs to adopt the, whatever happens on night one affects night two type of match, uh, where they do the, uh, the double champion sort of turnover. So somebody wins a number one contenders match. Somebody wins a championship match. And then those two guys, it's, it's a mini tournament of your top four superstars. It's, it's a genius idea. And uh, WWE absolutely has to adopt it because what would that result in Mike? Well, we're thinking Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns uh, for night two. I mean, come on. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, But I mean, yeah, take take it away. I, I I don't know if you want to touch on uh, the rest of the WrestleMania. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think anybody. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's complaining about the format. I think it's a it's a lot easier on our schedules instead of the eight hour marathon that WrestleMania had started to become. Uh, and roughly only about. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Greg, for getting on the Steve Buscemi bandwagon. <laughs> um and then uh greg also said could get trump with the limited amount of fans maybe he'll sabotage the rocket as payback for endorsing biden uh, greg <laughs> i think in i was done with trump but if that is going to be his last hurrah i think i can get on board with that uh, as long as he eats a rock bottom i'll be i'll be good to go um <laughs> i love your idea though um but yeah, I, no, yeah, I think uh, WrestleMania two days, perfect. It's uh, short in the show. You know, give us a little break day to day. But, uh, whoo! getting human beings in there. I don't I don't know if we're ready. There's a lot of COVID going out. I don't know if you heard that. And then real quick, Tampa this year, Dallas the next year, Hollywood slash Los Angeles the year after that. Uh, just sort of disappointing from someone that knows that Detroit puts in their bid. Yeah. Every year, and it just gets ignored. Uh, it's, it's just, I mean, I mean, I think at this point they, they don't have the capacity to to break any records. So they're, they're probably done with Michigan, but, uh, Mike, the, the interesting one is, is 40 is a lot of people want to see it head on over to the UK. Um, yeah, I gotta say if there's any UK listeners, um, you know, maybe a Royal rumble one day that Mike we're doing it if it jumps over there, but I I don't know if they're ever going to take their biggest show. That you know, and the way that they stomp around, beating their chests, USA, and and take it over there, because I think they like giving their adding to the gross domestic product, right? They're adding to the GDP. I, I think they like that because they know everyone around the world is going to be coming to the U.S. So um, it actually might end up being one of the best WrestleManias ever, just because of the fans. But I'm guessing that that's not that's never going to happen. I uh, took the words right out of my mouth. I I don't think that they want to put it in the UK and watch the UK fans uh, totally annihilate what the US fans uh, think cheering is. Uh, Because then we'd want to do WrestleMania every year in the UK. um, And, you know, take shoes off for our buddy Zach Gibson. Soon (laughs) to be winner of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, man. God, I love that guy. He just needs a better shirt, I think. So we've got a few more topics in uh, regular old wrestling before we get into the Wednesday night wars, Mike, uh, do it, buddy. Know, this is sort of combo here. We've got Randy Orton has a mask and Mike, we, we probably saw Alexa bliss steal the entire show of Monday night raw this past yeah. week And, uh, look amazing. Taking down Oscar, probably the first time we've ever seen Oscar get squashed. And I think collectively as a fan base for the first time ever, we were all okay with it. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, uh, I'm glad that's your first point on this because um, Lexa Bliss is she's just one of the best like actresses uh, we've ever had in WWE who also wrestles. Um, she's not long I, for the wrestling world, I know. She she's going to be a she's going to be a megastar somewhere. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I guess uh, what I was just going to say is that Asuka, you know, we talk about her. It's like we can't say enough good things about her. But she's she's quickly getting to that spot where um you know kind of in that John Cena role where or like the like Cody Rhodes what he's doing over in AEW where he's he or she in this case you know Asuka she is there to help get something over and it it looks more legitimate to see Alexa Bliss you know become this uh you know fiendish version version of herself she's not just squashing no name talent she's squashing you know the the best wrestler in WWE male or female um So it's just again, as much as I want to credit Alexa, I want to really credit Asuka for kind of being there, you know, to help get this this whole storyline over. Um, I I think it just it's that much more interesting to see Asuka part of it. Yeah, I think I think the quick reaction from everybody or the the initial instinct was why would Asuka ever be scared of Alexa? And it's no that that's exactly it. We're picking the wrestler who should feel super confident over anybody. And we're taking cute little Alexa and I say I don't mean that to diminish her I mean that because that's how they build her character she you know tilts her head and tries to look cute she kicks her feet out and all that fun stuff so you take cute little Alexa and you scare the crap out of Asuka and I, I just I don't know I, I think it's perfect booking right now and I think uh, Alexa's gonna turn into like a super duper star and like I said the the better they book her right now which is uh, you know uh, a little bittersweet <laughs> the quicker she's gonna go uh, find greener pastures, uh, because look, look, we love pro wrestling, but we all know that there's there's some people who look at it as like this is my start in the entertainment world, and I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get those those next jobs, which I a thousand percent say go for it, Alexa. But uh, you're right, best actress uh, in, in the WWE, one of the best we've ever seen. And, uh, like, letting her shine. How how many, like, since the show started? We've been talking about casting. And how important it is to find the right actor. I sound like, uh, Tobias Fumke right now. I'm an actor. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you need to find... (laughs)
0: Yeah. You need to find the... Right. And when did Tobias ever land a job? Never. Because he was a terrible actor. Um, but you gotta put these people in in those positions to be... Uh, you know, uh, successful. And yeah. the thing is, yeah, Drew McIntyre we've been talking about for a while. Who's perfect as a as a face champion. Uh, and Alexa Bliss. The thing is, how we know that she's gonna go and do whatever she wants. Uh, in film or TV is because you can have her do anything, and she's perfect. So, uh, the the thing of it is for her to be booked properly or for casting to work. She just needs to be on TV. And the fact that she got two fantastic segments this week, and one was, uh, you know, the athletic performative side of it uh, during the match, and then the other was, you know, the actual promo with uh, Asuka knocking them both out of the park. And and really, she's doing two sides of a character on either one, and they both work fantastically. Uh, I just, I don't know. This is just exciting. This is just, it gets me all you know revved up for pro wrestling again it's it's just one of those things that when it happens it's just like when we first saw the fiend and it was so fresh and crazy and you see a guy holding a lamp that's his own severed head um yeah i want to throw one thing at you though um when we had the fiend quick, quick huzzah, hey! huzzah! <laughs> um just one item. When Bray Wyatt first uh debuted as The Fiend and actually had a match, uh he he basically had one mini feud and then he was immediately thrust into the title picture, and we were all kind of like, whoa, that's a little soon. Can we do the revenge tour first? And then uh it kind of felt like the booking went a little off the rails. Uh, so I guess my only the only item I want to post to you, Matt, is Alexa Bliss has basically been feuding with one person, Randy Orton. Uh <laughs> Who, you know, is not gonna have a co ed match anytime soon. Uh, but now her first feud as mean Alexa, uh as, as fiend Alexa is the champ. Why is this different than what they did with Bray Wyatt? Where it's not too soon. I guess I mean part of it is like uh saying she's gonna go into the Royal Rumble. Like we know this, right? Like we're not we're not getting Nothing's been confirmed for, like, a Royal Rumble match, right? Not yet. Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, that's that's where her, her at least confirmation so far has just been, I'm going into the Royal Rumble, so maybe I'll see you uh, come WrestleMania. So if part of this is, like, does Alexa need to be champion? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, it's a little different, right? Like, we're always making those parallels with, like, the Joker and Harley Quinn. Uh, do we want to take some parallels there and say that there, there are some elements where Harley Quinn does like to stand out. She does like the pomp and circumstance. She likes the fanfare. She likes the, uh, admiration, the accolades that come with victory. I think that that adds to part of the Harley Quinn character. Like she does like to show off and, um, it's, it's about having the pets. It's about having the big old hammer that she's swinging around. And I, I, I like to think that maybe her pets, maybe her hyena, maybe her big old hammer would be uh, the women's championship. So I I, I throw that out there. And and that's probably a tough, like quick, (laughs) Um, I don't know. What what do I want to say here? I'm really stretching it to, to make those connections of those two things. But I think there's more to Harley Quinn to wanting to be champion that type of character than there was for the Joker, uh, to, to want to get over on, on Batman. I think it was always about just wanting to play with Batman. Then I'm going way too deep into like what I, the philosophy of Joker and Batman for, for any of this to make sense for pro wrestling. Um, I don't know. Greg's it out there. This Alexa fiend doesn't have a history of beef with Oscar. Does she? Um, no, and I think that that plays into that idea that she's she's just trying to sell herself for the upcoming Royal Rumble. Uh, which is what they kept saying in her promos. So I could be wrong. I could they they could see this as like, Oh my god, she's doing such a great job. Let's put her in a championship match and none of this conversation matters in a week, but Yeah, I just don't want her to go the uh the same path as Abaddon. Uh you get a match and just kind of woo just you know, twirl into obscurity. Um it won't okay. be like that because Alexa's you know, she's she's uh she's not as green um as Abaddon was. Um but um no, I think it is different because it still seems like her focus is still on her Joker. It's still still uh, more on Randy Orton than I would say it is on um winning a championship. I think that she you know, wanted to be in the ring with Asuka, but I I still think that her, her main focus is for Joker, so that's why can, that's we why can, I think it's okay. We can book it. We can book it right now to where uh, you know, if we go to not the independent Harley Quinn, but stick with the the Harley Quinn that that is infatuated with the Joker. There, yeah. they could build some sort of connection where she thinks that she needs this championship to bring him back, or like he's left her and she needs to earn his love back, which is also another. Uh, element of the harley quinn story that got used all the time that she needed to impress the joker so that could be where she needs to impress the fiend and that's where she needs to win a championship like maybe she's you know we all know that in the long run in the batman comics the joker was just using her he he wasn't sitting at home thinking about harley quinn so when she had these thoughts none of that was going on uh, it was. It was really just all in her head. So that could be the easiest way to put that all together, and that would be that would be pretty fun. That would I, be quite a psychological roller coaster for us to watch. I do admire your um, your confidence and everybody's uh, um, historical knowledge in in Batman canon, though. Uh, I think we, we all watch know the, animated uh, series. the uh, Batman comics. We all watch the animated series. I think there's no doubting that. Um, but, you know, it's right up there with, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno and the Bible. Um, you know, I, uh, hats off to me for putting, uh, Dante Alighari before the Bible. Um, but Matt, let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, Oh, quick, real quick. Hats off to you, Mike, for giving hats off to yourself for your own literary, oh, my, uh, a uh, literary reference. reference there hey here we go okay hey, everybody yeah. just want to let you know i know what books are <laughs> <laughs> um hey uh let's do this one of our favorite things man as we build up to the royal rumble as fun as the rumble is it's also fun to predict Matt, this week and not yet another articles come out and uh just trying to spoil who the big uh surprise is this week or uh this year's rumble I don't think we used to give a ton of credence to these until they started to predict just out of left field like uh, when Randy Orton won his second one. Ooh. Yeah, uh, real quick. uh, Side track here. Greg, in her head, that's perfect. Uh, Referencing Alexa Bliss. I see her now. Angelica Pickles, character mixed with Harley Quinn. Angelica had a lot going on in the Dark Conspiracies. That is actually... No, I, I, Greg, you, you were nailing it right there. Like, if you actually look back on the, on the Rugrats catalog and the types of stories that followed Angelica Pickles, I know it sounds ridiculous because we're talking a Nickelodeon cartoon, but she had some crazy fucked up stories, like her and the cookies, where she, remember when she jumped into like a vat of soapy water so that she could still consume the last cookie that was available to her? And then she was sick for weeks? Like, yeah. She had some pretty dark fucked up stories. I, I like where Greg's going with this. Um I <laughs> I I like this idea, but and and all, all of that comes into those dark psychological issues and yeah. and the more, you know, parallels we find and see with Alexa Bliss and these other characters that have had like these dark backstories, I think it, it's it's better for WWE and it's it's better for us. We we get to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped to watch uh, Alexa jump into a tub and have some fiend cookies. I'm all over that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Greg with just a follow up here. She was bananas, and the babies were in her head. Oh man! Now we're going on a Reddit rabbit hole here. Woo! <laughs> Wait, are you doing that conspiracy theory that the babies were all uh, like part of her imagination, and they were just like her, her doubts <laughs> and obstacles? Cause woo hoo hoo man. Uh I'm gonna have to redo my Reddit uh, password here. I think, here I think it's, uh, Greg. Greg means that I think from like a sporting uh, perspective, like when somebody's in your head. Oh, 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 no! Greg says absolutely. He says that the Rugrats were completely a fabrication. I'm wrong. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I can't wait Greg. to find out Randy Orton is a figment of Alexa's imagination. I, you know, woo! I'm, I'm, I'm buckled in, man. Greg, we got to do this. You are emailing us this week. Let's let's figure out a Rugrats podcast where we can go episode to episode. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this, man. It's uh, we're getting close here. My God, we're just like two weeks away from the Rumble. The real Royal Rumble is coming. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the, the prognosticators, the same people who said Randy Orton was going to win a couple years ago. Batista's going to come out. Oh, God, they're dropping the names, man. Are you ready? Go for it. I want you to rank these four people in order of least likely to most likely to win. This is my favorite thing you've done that I have to use off the top of my head. Because you always just say, all right, Matt, roster 500 people. Which one blah de blah? And I gotta pick one. I love Ooh. this. Give me four guys I gotta, and I gotta rank them. Thank I gotta, you. Guys. I gotta start doing those more often. I like when you have to just think on your feet. Uh one out of five hundred. Here we go. I, hate that. I take so many goddamn notes and then you just throw them right in the <laughs> shredder. <laughs> All right, Royal Rumble feelings. All right. This is our one of our favorite segments. All right, leaks are coming in. Matt, John I'm Cena, over. Brock Lesnar, no. and the Fiend. I need you to rank those least likely to most likely to win this year's Royal Rumble. Well, here's the problem. This is gonna—I'm gonna blow this segment because I'm gonna say the names in the exact order that you just said them. Uh, But it's least likely to most likely is Cena, Lesnar, Fiend. Out of those
1: three, I don't
0: know why I thought I I was getting a fourth name, but I do want you to unpack this a little bit um, and kind of defend the the rank, but. I asked you who's going to win and you had that order. Now least likely to most likely just of those 3 guys to show up and participate. Is it the same? Absolutely, it's the same. I don't think John Cena is going to be at the Royal Rumble. I think if he's going to be in WrestleMania, he's just gonna, he's John Cena. He doesn't need a Royal Rumble. He's just going to show up. And and it's still not in front of fans. Like if John Cena is going to show up You want to hear that explosion. Like right now, if John Cena comes back, there is not a single person booing. When he comes back, it is going to blow the roof off the building. That is the same reason why The Rock isn't going to fight Roman Reigns this year. He said it. He's like, I'm not coming back when there's no fan. You want me there when you can have a 100,000 people just... You want to... Can you imagine being that poor, uh, the sound mix guy for WWE when Cena comes out with no fans and you got to hus- <laughs> hover your finger over the cheer or the boo button? Uh, uh, both. Oh, it's neither. Okay, <laughs> uh, That's a good meme, actually, with that, uh, the superhero who's trying to hit the right button. Um, no, Lesnar makes sense because I think, uh, there'd be a lot of, um, like you'd get away with it right now. Have Lesnar come back now because you you get to throw him out there. You don't have to worry about, like, a sideways crowd reaction. I mean, we're we're a year removed from him eliminating half of the Royal Rumble entrance. No problem. And the fans just going nuts and getting him out of here, which, of course, we all know led to Drew McIntyre having that amazing elimination and an amazing Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this year you put Lesnar in the Royal Rumble you're yeah. you get away with it, scot-free you, you can do whatever I you think, want this year. you don't uh, have to think, worry about the fans i think just for freshness uh like for freshness sake um it would be surprising to see lesnar show up in there because they just did it last year and like you said he, he was he played such a huge role um he knocked out half the field uh, <laughs> and um i think if cena was going to be in it Much in the way that they try to promote, you know, Legend Week, I think they would want to have people tune in and do network subscriptions uh, during COVID while we're stuck at home uh, to watch John Cena return to the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. So I think the best payoff would probably be The Fiend. It's just this company has set such a precedent for, um, you know, their fetishizing of, you know, Lesnar and Cena appearances. That's why I still can't eliminate those two. I think the most exciting people, uh, you know, person for, for us, for this show, for probably people who listen to the show, is The Fiend. But based on precedent for this company, probably Lesnar. Um, so I got one more. We're going to do the women's one as well. Um, one of them I kind of had to cheat because it's uh, an NXT call-up. But um, as far as winning, it's one of these three women. Least likely to most likely. All right, here we go. Trish Stratus. Now, I wasn't going to include this, but I mean, when the, the Randy Orton pick came out of nowhere, I said, fuck it. You know, it could be Trish. Uh, Trish Stratus. Rowdy Ronda Rousey, man. Rhea Ripley. You did it to me again. Ah, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to share that pot a little more. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I could have fun here, but it, it's a thousand percent. In order, for everybody, just to recap, this is least likely to win, right? To most likely to win? Yeah. Trish, Ronda, Rhea Ripley. I I, I just, it, it makes sense to me, like, somehow I, I want to see Ripley get the, the Rumble win and have this turn into, a like, a, a long-term story of her battle. Uh, yeah. She's going to eventually go over Charlotte. But think about, she loses to Charlotte, she kind of tumbles down the roster in NXT, um, falls off the face of the earth during COVID, and then comes back and starts to build herself up. Um, But now she's got to make that comeback after going down to Raquel. So I I, I like this journey for Rhea, and I think that would be an amazing cap where she's already giving up wins. She's already handing off wins uh, to the likes of Raquel, who, again, if you guys aren't watching NXT... Raquel is. Uh, I have such a huge crush on her right now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, to to give to give the rub to Raquel and and to move up to the main roster, I think was uh, inevitable at that point. And I, I just want to see the story finish with uh, redemption at WrestleMania because I I don't know if saying she's owed it makes sense, but it makes sense from a fan perspective in the story to like, let it come full circle and give her that shot where she earns that main event spot at WrestleMania. And then she takes whatever title from whoever. And I, I think ultimately, you know, with the, the tag titles, I think a lot of people, you know, you've got the, the Sean Ross saps out there that say, uh, you know, during a Monday night, Ross, why again did the tag titles go to Charlotte and Oscar? We're playing to st- you gotta watch the story, my man. Uh I I, just, I, don't know the what I tell you. Like yeah. you gotta wait for the story to finish. And I think ultimately we're seeing something where Asuka's I hate to say she's probably gonna end up losing it to Charlotte and Charlotte and Rhea Ripley are gonna meet at WrestleMania. I love Asuka. Asuka's been given the world. She I think at this point is the longest title holder for collected days collective days especially between the nxt title and then the the and smackdown title she's held yeah. more gold than anybody so if she goes down to charlotte for the story of rhea ripley to make her ascension um i'm like i'm fine with it i gotta throw out there too i got i got my boy uh i'm sorry is that uh zildjian, zildjian. like the uh like the symbol like the drum right I think, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes. He's also with me on Rhea, so there's that. Um, so thanks, my man. High five. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to take uh, Trish, least likely. <sighs> number two, Rhea, because I don't think this company wants to give the green light to uh, what they're going to consider a rookie. And number one, Ronda. Because um, at some point, I think they might want to try and get her involved in WrestleMania. And I think Becky is starting to get to that point where she can return. And I think they might try to have a battle of the moms. So I think we might have a motherfucker match at WrestleMania. Can I I just recap for everyone? Can I just recap for everyone? This means that uh, Mike's picking Ronda to win the Rumble. He also picked Brock Lesnar's Performer of the Year for 2020. (laughs) And he's picking Lesnar to win everything and... All right, so Mike's man. just a huge UFC fan. I think, Mike, you've got to go to DraftKings and use uh, the <laughs> app and use promo code DH. Hey, you know F- what? Feel for my beautiful Miro t-shirt. All right, so uh, you can stick it. <laughs> All right, best man right there. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I want to take the conversation too because I, 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 I mentioned last week the WWE does do a pretty good job some years of really pulling away from the guy who's going to win the Rumble. And we just saw, and we didn't mention it yet, but SmackDown was, Mike, SmackDown was the shit last week. Uh, And it involved a second straight week of Daniel Bryan going down to one of our favorite superstars. I think we were talking a little too much about Nakamura last week, Mike, about what it means for him getting that win. Because I think what they're doing right now is giving us this false sense of Daniel Bryan just turning everything over. To to some of our favorite wrestlers, giving up wins now to Nakamura last week. This week it was Cesaro. Mike Daniel Bryan's winning this Royal Rumble. I, I know I've been saying Biggie since November, and I'm gonna say this will be the year that breaks the streak because I've said this should be my fourth straight year where I called the Royal Rumble winner in November. I'm I'm not changing. You know, like that. You I, call I Royal, like you always call the Rumble winner in like February. Like man, it's already over. It doesn't count. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, one of the smoke screens that this company's done is whoever wins the Rumble has like a cold month, you know, right before the the big event at the end of January. So I think Daniel Bryan's a pretty solid pick. I like it. I don't know if that haircut's going to win the Rumble, though, man. I don't think they want that haircut um, on all the posters for, you know, Road to WrestleMania. I still think that Bobby Lashley is a better pick at this at this juncture. Whoa, all right, let's throw in Bobby Lashley for no good reason. You just drop that name in there. We're at 50 right. minutes now, we still got to do the Wednesday night wars, so now we need all some right. we to All right, Bobby we got to get out of this segment, man. We got to get out of this segment for the next <laughs> 90 seconds. We're going to be out. All right, so we just did guests who might win, Matt. You got to pick your male and female winner, Matt. Your female winner, go this year, Rumble. Who you got? Leah Ripley. No, you don't have to pick out of those three. You're definitely picking Rhea uh, over Fine. the field. I've over been saying the field? Rhea Ripley for weeks. Yeah. All right, I'm picking Bailey. Fine. She's been, she's been on a cold streak, Matt. They're gonna let all the four horsewomen win. Uh, Bailey's my pick, Matt. For the man, we got cold streaks. Rhea Ripley lost, and now she's been off TV. She's gonna come back at the Rumble. Come on, get your shit together. All right. Bailey's been doing hello ding-dong videos, man. She's She's <laughs> been ice cold. She's uh, She needs a rumble victory real bad right now. Matt, for All the right. men! Who you got? I'm jumping on the Daniel Bryan train. Oh, Matt's jumping on his own train that he's looking conductor of. Doot, doot. Matt, I am taking Bob. Don't call me Blashley Lashley. Matt, I think that bald, beautiful angel is finally going to elevate into the, hell of it, into the heavens. I think this is his year. I think the her business is going to main event WrestleMania. I'm very excited. We absolutely have to bring this up. Mike Sting is going to wrestle at Revolution. I think we can jump into the Wednesday Night Wars after this. But it's been announced. Tag team match. Darby Allen's going to be his tag partner. It's official today. On the day that we got huge news from The Undertaker, Sting comes out and decides... (laughs) Decides to give us the better. Now, the in the better. Undertaker's defense, Sting did wrestle with one of the few guys in AEW with an edge. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody bumps uh, like my boy Darby Allen. I, I don't know how he survived that match with Brian Cage. That was a borderline assault. That was that was awful. I don't know how he's not covered in bruises. Um, yeah, be Brian Brian Cage and Ricky Starks will be the uh, the opponents. Ah. Uh, all right, I can but get this, on board. Here's the thing. We said no title matches for Sting. This isn't what he's coming back for. I think right. we, we can check that box. And he is going to be the father that Darby never had. We checked that box. I think we, we nailed it from the first moment we saw Sting. Like, everything's being checked here. Uh, box number three, it's a tag team match. So Sting isn't going to be relied upon. <laughs> Like he was in WWE to uh, help get Seth Rollins over or finish a schmoz ending with the NWO, yeah. DX Baloney. Uh, Question: at, uh, Is Batmania. Sting wrestling in tights or is he wrestling in jeans? Uh, I think he's only gonna have. Oh, I you don't want to hear my joke. Just body paint. Pain something about Just, a- just body paint. Got it. Yeah. Cody uh foster league said Brian Cage is gonna destroy star <laughs> uh, Cody I got some bad news for you I think what's gonna happen is uh our our beloved darby Allen is gonna get uh he's gonna get woo. a fast kick he's gonna get shredded like uh uh the the nice meat you find on an Arby's beef and cheddar i, I don't think he's gonna resemble a human being after that match <laughs> all the buff that he's gonna do uh he's gonna <laughs> win, win right like this is for darby so I think he's going to get the win, but he's going to take a he's going to take an ass kicking. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an ass whooping It's going to be rough. Uh I don't know if Sting's going to take even a, you know, back body drop, you know like uh Ric Flair in his in his 70s. Um whew. Cody, I, I hope that Sting's body can take it. I'll I'll say that. You know, I know they had a fuse part of him robocop but uh yeah we got to get into the wednesday night wars Matt. without further ado it's time for the wednesday night wars from august 19th 2020 (laughs) (laughs) as we do every week matt we do the wednesday night wars we uh i'll say objectively pick the top three moments of each show and of course include a dishonorable mention matt uh, looking at the cards for both shows this week, whew, it is really tough to say that the AEW show outdid an episode of NXT with the Rose classic with a lot of monkey but ugly wrestling on it. Uh, we had we arguments had last week with uh, Cody, who's just commenting there. Mike, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up. This bring is it up. Like our, this is our fifth week in a row we're picking NXT over AEW. Maybe four. But this this our, I'm pretty sure it's our second week. But man, what is wrestling about a little exaggeration? Um, <laughs> you're such a piece. Of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right, so you're you're going first, then. So we're saying NXT at this. We're gonna recap at the end, but at this point, from the eyeball test, NXT is the better show. So Mike has to go first. Number three segment <laughs> from AEW. Mike, I can see that you didn't put your numbers on the notes. Uh, yeah, it was it was a tough week. It was a tough week. Week. I, I think NXT was definitely the winner. Uh, but number three was probably Cody versus. You can we can start typing Cody Rhodes. We got to update our notes. We keep just writing Cody. Uh, you know, like it's two months ago. uh but Cody, Cody, go ahead and call me Rhodes. I got the copyright on my own name back. Uh, versus pretty Peter Avalon. Um, uh, I got some grief for uh, for enjoying this match, but uh, Matt. It's one of those things where, you know, we talk about one of AEW's strengths. Night of, it's usually pretty good, but then they like getting you excited for the subsequent weeks. They like getting you to tune in and see what's going to happen next. And Cody Rhodes being out there with these guys who are either on the fringe, maybe they're not even, you know, official all elite cast members. um, He just likes getting these guys over. He likes giving them, you know, 15 minute matches where they get to show off their stuff, uh, show off their whole gimmick. Um, you know, and look competent. Like, you know, they can stand toe-to-toe with a guy who created his own wrestling company. Um, so I think that this match is no exception to that. Uh pretty Pete uh had a wonderful storyline finish to his uh match where he slapped Cody. Cody went to uh return it, uh give him a little receipt action. Uh pretty Pete did not want to sacrifice that pretty face, leaned back and gave up uh, submission style. So like the story. Like what it t- uh, says for the future of the company going forward that Cody's going to you know, put on good matches with the young guys, the fringe guys. Matt, I'm all over this one. That was my number three. Matt, moment number three for Never Extra Turds NXT. Matt, what was moment number three? Not my best acronym, but go ahead. Well, Mike, we can officially say there's a men's Dusty Classic and a women's Dusty Classic. Yeah, baby. Part of this week. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro taking down Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. And, of course, Io Shirai getting involved to make sure that the tag team that needed to move forward, because we've got two, uh, I, I mean, these Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez were not starving for victories. They're, they're two top stars. Like, regardless of some conversations we've had uh, in the past with, with some of our podcasting um, buddies, uh, Tony Storm is is a star. I will say that, um, but we need to build up Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro, and uh, they got the victory that they needed, and it, again, it was because of some interference from Edo Shirai, but I'm fine with that. Uh, move these ladies on, and, and this is this is my number three because this is the right decision, but Mike, this is, this is absolutely an opportunity for uh, um, Casey and uh, Caden to show off, like, why do they need this victory? They yeah. they should be moving on because they have this all star talent and I honestly I made the comment you know I just made the comment Tony Storm is a star right now in NXT she's somebody that I mean they gave a promo to just to say that she was coming over uh, to do some matches so I think even WWE agrees but I think we watch two ladies who have a little bit more talent than Tony Storm go over. Uh, so go back and watch that match. There were some incredible suplexes to finish this match, which I was a huge fan of. Did they, uh, did they say, is there a name for that? Uh, I don't even know what it was that finishing maneuver. Ken Zaro did off the top rope. You know, I, I looked it up myself. Um, and and it was just a, a, a read off of, of what the combination of moves were. Uh, so I, I don't know if I, if I'm missing it myself. I watch, like I always say, I watch these on mute. <laughs> I'm not listening to what the what the announcers are ever saying. Uh, <laughs> I whatever it was. I mean, go back and watch it because this is we're we're putting Tony Storm out, but because um, it almost looked oh like a reverse shit. of uh, of Ricochet's move. Like it almost looked like that, um, like the six thirty centon, but it looked like she did an inverted six thirty centon. It was pretty damn impressive. God. Um, I mean, it, yeah. I, like, just to go back to that—that—that that, uh, that comment uh, in regards to like, there, there are two ladies here that aren't stars yet that needed to be put over in this match, and this is that start. This is that push, and and again, the, I mean, this is a push, Mike, into a a whole new division for NXT, the this the women's tag division, which we hope competes with the women's tag titles. Um, this is this was a great start, I think this was the right choice you have two ladies that should be single stars and then boom what we did what we what we pushed forward was what could be a whole new tag team to go forward in in this tournament and possibly win it uh seth's right there with you uh it was the the what what the fuck finisher the wtf finisher is that what it's called seth can you confirm that for me in the chat on uh on, uh, on YouTube there, that's where you're watching it. Yeah, let, let okay. me know real quick if that if that is confirmation of the name of that move, but uh, goddamn. Um, all right, Mike.
1: Moment number, uh,
0: two. number two. Matt, you know, I hate saying this every week, but AEW refuses to give these women and their division a chance, but I'm going to do it. Matt, moment number two. Penelope Ford and Layla Hirsch. Um, it was not a 12-star classic or, you know, how many stars? I don't know what it was, but they let Penelope Ford go out there work a little, uh, a little Miz-like heel action. Um, they let Layla go out and work Matt. Dare I say a little Kurt Angle-esque? Um, if Uncle Kurt ever gets tired of hanging out with uh, Vince McMahon and he needs a little Jabarooski over on TNT, um, and he needed a, a little protege, Matt, there is a. I think she's a four-foot-ten version of Kurt Angle, um, and her Matt wrestling was ace um she had the she had the roll going she had the, the that uh, like gator lock going in the start of the match um it was just and she has these thighs that are like this they're like these, these big old just hocks of muscle and she's taking on penelope ford penelope has got to go over because they're you know trying to get over uh you know, Savian and uh, my boy Miro, who uh, brought out his young boy. Uh, <laughs> Chucky e. T to uh, bring the ropes down. I don't know if you saw that, Matt. But uh, the young boy has to wear a tux now and act as a butler for Miro. Um, so, yeah, it was a segment that succeeded for me. It had some laughs with young boy. Um, it had Hirsch come out and let her uh, do her stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just... It just bothers me that every week the women's division basically is boiled down to eight minutes uh, every Wednesday from about 9.26 to about 9.34. Uh, It's usually a picture in picture, as Jim Ross likes to remind us. And then we get the entrances for the men's main event. It's like clockwork every single week. Um, So with the few minutes these women had to put together something resembling a wrestling match, I want to make sure they get some credit. So, Matt, they are getting slot number two. All right. So, this might shock a few folks. My number two, and I'm glad I, we haven't even mentioned my number one, but number two, Mike, the fight pit with one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT, Timothy Thatcher. I, I'm telling you, Mike, my number probably. one is probably a match of the year candidate for me already. Thatcher, man i i mean for a guy to own a type of match like you're talking about like the uh the hell in a cell matches and there's the inferno matches type of thing the casket i mean i guess i'm only talking undertaker matches here uh but for a guy to own a match and to have it be the fight pit and to have it be what Thatcher has turned this into, and especially with how this this ending worked, where uh, you get the fairy tale ending that ro- rolls into uh, the muffler stretch that gets the victory for Thatcher, it, it, it's just it's incredible. I, I mean, it, it really is just this showcase. And and we've been talking for weeks about Thatcher can take pins because. We know that this guy's got it. Like he and he has that persona that he carries with him, where he he knows he's better than everyone. And when he goes down, it's just it, it feels like he's making a catalog in his head for all right. The next time I see you, you're fucking done. And I I love that aspect of it because he also brought that fire. We talk about acting from Alexa Bliss. We talk about casting from Drew McIntyre. But a guy who needs to find a win. The guy who's looking for revenge over Tampa, and to see the faces and the intensity that he brought into this match were incredible. And they were so incredible, Mike, it was only my number two. But um, I, I highly... like This is why this show, when we talk about who won each week, this is why this show won, because this was also an incredible match. Main event of the night, and it still wasn't the best match on the card. Uh, but like I said, that the The string of holds that you see in these fight pit matches, or any Timothy Thatcher match, where he really brings out the um, amateur wrestling style from any of these guys that have any sort of background, it, it's fantastic to just see it. Timothy Thatcher's involved in a match, you're going to see some combo wrestling, you're going to see some mat wrestling, you're going to see some amateur wrestling in the ring, and uh, they like Champa really brought it. This is something that we were supposed to see a couple weeks ago, and you can see that these guys were just starving to get at each other. And the, the best part about this, Champa did not need to win. Thatcher did need to win. This is where he starts to elevate into the championship conversation. And Mike, my hope, one day, I'm going to see Dexter Loomis and Timothy Thatcher make up. going for a title. Oh, going for a title. Yeah. Alright, I'm on board, man. Uh that brings us to uh whew, the uh dishonorable mention of the Wednesday night wars, man. There was uh there's a couple contenders, but only one one man could win. Only one man pushing uh 60. David, how are you doing, sir? We are just getting into the end of the show. Uh not great timing, Dave, but glad you're here. <laughs> Always glad hear from you. uh but yeah, we're just going over the uh Dishonorable mentions here. We're doing AEW first. And Matt, uh, usually uh this honor uh goes to uh Ricky Starks for our ew David moment of the week. Um for having the loudest uh street attire. Matt, somebody else took that crown. This week it was Jake the Snake Roberts. Um it's not that he had, you know, snakeskin boots or you know, like snakeskin pants. He had a full body onesie made out of snakeskin. Oh my god. Uh he was glowing with green scales and swirly blacks and there was a there's a lot going on there for that old dude. And uh there's uh there's a lot of a lot of muffin tops coming out of all sorts of different directions and they're all covered <laughs> So if you've ever wanted a uh snake muffin, which I think is what I'm gonna call Jake the Snake from now on is snake muffin, uh look no further than yesterday's episode AEW. But that brings us on to moment number one to rescue the dishonorable mention, man. It was the civil war of uh, the inner circle where we had MJF and Jericho battling Santana and Ortiz versus uh, Guevara and Jake, Jake, Hager, Hogger. Hey, uh, Hoger Matt uh, Sammy, Sammy, Hager. I really wanted them to win. Um, Jericho must have called in a favor because the actual Sammy Hager actually uh, reached out and said, yeah, re- wrestling. Hope they get it on. What a what a fanatic that guy is. Couldn't shut him up about wrestling. Uh but this Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. us. Uh, what what happened? Sammy Hagar, uh, what did he do? Like, tweet and they post. No, no, the no, no, no. no. He had a 3 second live uh Facebook live video where he's like, "Sammy and Hagar, I hope those guys they're going to kick some war." Yeah. Oh my god. I can't believe yeah, I missed the uh, uh, like, mic. I was, mean it was, it was humiliating was. for everybody. Yeah. So between us. Without Sammy Hagar, we wouldn't have the most rough night that we should probably tell one of these days, uh, in Las Vegas. Because That's I right. drank his tequila, and of course, by the end of the night, you were dragging me back to the hotel room and avoiding police. So yeah. I, I would say that our was a magical night in our in our history, man. Our history with Sammy Hagar is way more <laughs> palatable and fun and probably interesting than uh it sounds like what he did with aew. But uh everybody just comment if you want to hear that story uh and we'll set it up for uh we'll set it up for another day. We'll set it up with wrestling action figures. What happened? Uh with <laughs> our big boss man action figure playing the role of the cop. Uh, <laughs> we got that be fucking great. And, uh, but uh, for the AEW uh you know so or um, it's That's not going to be as interesting as a big so, boss man toy. Uh, stuff. Mike, you're the fiend. I'm oh kidding. man, I want to be one of the Batman. <laughs> uh, one of your many Batman back there. Um, no, this match has got to show off, you know, the rest of the inner circle. Um, uh, 'cause cause usually it's just, you know, Jericho being the mouth, uh, MJF being the other mouth. And then the other guys just kind of, you know. Bad sidekicks, uh, you know, side dishes, you know, they're asparagus and corn when the other two get to be, you know, uh, flame broiled, you know, fish and a delicious steak. Uh, But Sammy and Jake Jack Hager, um, I I think they kind of stole the show. So the only two people I felt kind of bad about were the, uh, the legitimate tag team who were recruited into the inner circle for being a successful tag team. Uh, they, they didn't get as much of a time, like a uh, chance to shine as uh, little Sammy and Jake, Jake, Jack. I refuse to call him just Jake or Jack. He's Jake, Jack in my book. But uh, the guy who came out smelling like roses was Sammy. But uh, AEW has got to sell those, uh, sell that viewership. They got to win the uh, rating Mark, floor. And I, uh, I, for I, that I, purpose, they gave MJF and Jericho the victory this night. Mike, hot, hot tag question. Uh, how long? How long before Sportskita is putting out an article that Santana and Ortiz are upset with their booking and uh, they they want out? <laughs> I think if you put an ear to the wind, you can hear it being typed as we speak, Matt. I think it's, it's, it's not off the presses. Sports kita has got it coming right now. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> uh that's more of a shout out to what a bullshit company and uh blogging yeah they're sucks. terrible but Matt, did you have a uh did you have a new david moment of the week for nxt or uh you know, i I gotta say i i'm i'm talking like the new lions gm here i don't know if anybody's from detroit that's nobody watches Lions, man nobody knows that reference Go ahead. <laughs> this is another like forced dishonorable mention and i i'm almost hating the name because i can't like, it, it's just... I get it. Like, I get why it happened. I just... It's the worst Man, look, thing that uh, happened on the show. It's just the one thing. If I have to tell you guys, you can, like, skip... You can fast-forward. WWE it. Network subscriber, if I've ever heard one. You know, <laughs> there isn't really a dishonorable mention. It's just, you know, you know what was the A-minus of all the A-pluses? So, I guess... A- have exactly. No, no. Oh, and, and, and I'm picking this because it, it did nothing for me. But I, I get why it happened but uh Bronson Reed and, and Tyler Russ like you pick like you you got you got to cheat basically is where I'm coming from here and you pick just as you pick an outfit you're like ah look at Jake the snake the an E minus and I, I'm gonna pick a segment like we're supposed to do and I'm telling everybody go ahead skip that Bronson Reed and Tyler Russ that's right Mike see the bus coming because you're woo, you're right underneath it whoo that's right you th- you think oh, I just don't listen to you? Thought, you thought I was getting a ride on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> well, uh, my number one, Mike. Uh, if you haven't hey, put hey, it hey. together for anybody it else, to is know. is it a Zai Lee moment because she is wonderful? No, Lucha House Party versus uh, Imperium, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Funkner. I already said it, Mike. Man. I'm wa- I'm keeping tabs on this one. I'm going to start okay. keeping track of every time I've said match of the year. I'll come back, and you can kick me if you must. But Mike, I will. I'm going to hold you to it. that. We're so goddamn good. This is an A+. Plus. This was like five. I don't, I don't give a fuck. It was five stars. This was Woo! the match of the night between both shows. You guys Matt, did you add Dave Meltzer match? after this match? What was that? Did you add Dave Meltzer after this match? <laughs> well no he was i mean he's too busy watching new japan porn so i I couldn't oh yeah that's true yeah just a fart in the wind to dave Meltzer. but um no a- absolutely like this this was that match of the night this was the match of the week uh lucha house party I, I tweeted out like how long are we gonna wait until we start saying these guys are owed some gold and i tweeted that because i a thousand percent knew in my head that imperium was gonna win this match and uh, Lucha House Party walks away with the victory. And I absolutely think they earned it. I mean, this was false finish after false finish. And not only was it, uh, you know, the tag partner coming in to break up the pin, this is also just straight up kicking out on a two and three quarters count. I mean, this was something where they sold Lucha House Party needs this win. But to put the camper on, there's something brewing. And like I always say, you can't just have a good wrestling match. You have to push some story forward. Yes. Alexander Wolfe stood at the top of the uh, ramp, ramp? Uh, waiting for Imperium after the match. Basically, was he, I mean, it was, he might as well have had a paddle in his hand and just been tapping oh. it, waiting for them to walk up. Uh, but I, was I it, was wait, 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 was he going to give them... Uh, Reward spankings or punishment spankings? Mike, they went down to Lucha House Party. These are punishment spankings. Oh, no. (laughs) That's where I tweeted. Can you imagine the spankings that Walter's going to deliver to these two when they get back over to NXT UK? Uh, Because I I do absolutely think these two are due. Do you think that Walter would use a paddle or he would knife edge chop their bottoms? Oh, my God. Of course it's his hand. He's going to town on those. Nine, well, I, you know what? The way that they sell that faction, if yeah. they don't have some sort of like the door, like a cameraman sneaks into the door and they see Eichner and Bartel's bare butts and Walter getting ready, and then he turns around and looks, and then the camera backs out of the like, you have to book that. Get it, somebody in creative, anybody who's watching this, send this to creative. That has to be the next thing that they're filming at NXT UK <laughs> to get eyes on the product. I 1,000% guarantee that that would sell. It would be all over YouTube. It would be all over every social media, Twitter and Instagram. It would be <laughs> hilarious. And, uh, I mean, Mike, we, we've been saying that, you know, Bartel's like the chicken shit heel. He, like, he's the little weaselly guy. Like, that would be perfect for him to have to take that and, like, put mix it into some sort of thank you, may I have another i i think what you want is uh you want us to bring back to a classic uh kai and ty Val Venus moment choppy choppy pee pee with a <laughs> choppy choppy booty booty yeah I'm I on mean, board. all right good i'm glad you're on board uh um, yes. now that my my daughter's awake i think i just woke her up i can hear her. uh oh are you gonna text her real quick hey babe you awake right, cool. nope she's still sleeping Okay. God. they make a yeah. phone for babies, Matt? Do you text her? <laughs> no, she's always got my phone. Uh it's uh that's the problem. She steals it from me. Uh Mike, I don't I don't know if uh, I've mentioned this to you, but she's at the point now where she pushes me like to get up off the couch. So if I start like, tweeting or doing something, which is why we've been so lack uh, lax on, on Twitter recently, uh she just starts pushing my butt until I get up off the couch. Like hands on my legs and butt and just keeps going egh, egh, like trying to get me off the couch so I will come play with her it's uh it's really cute but uh just really hurting my social media game uh all right Mike that is uh, that's that a little Rastic, career, uh yeah we did it Uh, So follow along at BOD podcast. Um, We do have, let's, let's tease it out. We're going to be on the Mr. Warren Hayes show for uh, his uh, Royal Rumble preview. We're going to be recording that uh, Saturday. uh, What month? The 30th. January 30th. Yeah. And uh, that'll be, that'll be available for you guys a couple of days um, for you to watch before the Royal Rumble actually happens. Of course, we're here every Thursday. We're going to try and record uh, around 8 PM. Anybody who's new. Uh, because I actually properly tagged this episode on YouTube. Please subscribe. Uh, you can see those buttons down in the bottom right-hand corner. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, as you can see, I mean, we want to talk to you guys, so the more comments we get, I think the more fun the show gets. Greg, thank you for knocking it out of the park by letting, reminding us that Alexa Bliss is more than a Harley Quinn. She's also a, a, an Angelica. And, uh, you know, for everybody else, follow along at the live uh, wrestling discussion. Um, Facebook group. Oh, and we also are hiring. Uh Greg is uh, I'm throwing this out there. Greg, you were one of the fine folks that emailed us back. Um Greg, I will i I'm gonna give another shout-out. He went above and beyond with uh, what I expected from the emails. And uh look out for probably more Greg in the future. And uh for everybody else we are hiring, we, we want to get some social media folk and uh bloggers, and uh just to disappoint anybody that's already sent us some blogs. Um We don't make money, so we just want you to be a part of the team, Um, essentially, is what we're doing here. We don't have money to give at this point, but we do want you to grow with us, so we're not going to forget you as we continue to grow. That's what we're looking for right now, and uh, we hope that anybody that's interested will contact us through admin at bodpodcast.com is our email. Uh, So If you are interested in that social media position, which would essentially be taking care of... uh, live events for Twitter or if you are interested in putting your thoughts down on the page uh through our our blogging uh, platform uh hit us up and we will continue the conversation there everybody everybody else thanks for tuning in happy uni podcast on Twitter at brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram and if you're not there yet subscribe to our YouTube channel that's where we want everything to happen going forward all right thanks everybody have a good one